how to dream, cowboys. Welcome back. It's the HBO Boys. We are doing our His Dark Material Season 1 Catch-Up Part 2. This is our episodes 5 through 8. I'm James, and that's Ryan. Hi, are you okay? Did you turn into a robot mid-sentence? No, I'm just trying to shake things up. Okay. You shook things up, but when you did, you rattled all of your nuts and bolts out because you're a robot now, and I'm very concerned. His Dark Materials, season one. We're wrapping up the second half of the first season, of which was based on the first book called Northern Lights, except for in America, because America is a special little place, and it was called The Golden Compass there. The second season seven episodes of which is going to be based on The Subtle Knife, and the third season will be based on the third book. Do you know why they had to change the name of the book in America, right? No. They didn't want people to confuse the name of the book, Northern Lights, with the very popular strain of indica sativa marijuana. They're like, no, people are just going to think this is weed. They're not going to read it. They're going to try to smoke it. They're just going to be ripping out pages and ripping fat clouds with them. And I understand that. Although I had not thought of that until you said it. So perhaps that was a 1995 fear that was a bit overthought. Ah, geez. And and apparently this is why they had to change the name of the show on HBO to His Dark Materials. There is now a marijuana strain called The Golden Compass, so... You okay. Know, they, they, yeah. Well, listen, it's a industry that's permeating all of culture, okay? We can't just keep changing things based on new <laughs> weed names, okay? I gotta say, I, the first half of this show, I was like, oh, this is just, you know, like a classic fantasy adventure. And then the second half, it's like, oh, you're right, this is an HBO show, so some kids are gonna die. And it got very dark. But the thing is, that happens in the book. Like, they're not expanding upon the book in that there are some Ned Stark end of season Game of Thrones one. That was an odd order of words. But those moments aren't Jack Thorne's not coming up with that shit willy nilly and being like, Philip Pullman, I'm just adding some flair. You fine with that? Episode five is called The Lost Boys, which I'm sure is a reference to the amazing 90s movie of the same name. I don't even I have no idea what that is. <laughs> what are you serious? Yeah, Ned. Who's in the Lost Boys? Um, so it's 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 actually no, sorry, not even the 90s. 1980s movie, Joel Schumacher movie. Keep saying Sutherland. names until I know one. Kiefer Sutherland. I know you that know guy. Joel Schumacher. You know Joel Schumacher too. He made the worst Batman movie. Which one? Batman Four. Hmm, that wasn't very good. That's correct. But Kiefer, I know Jack Bauer. I'm aware of him. And Corey Feldman. Oh, fudge. Yeah, I'm aware of him as well. It's a vampire movie from the 80s. It's very 80s. Listen, the the way that you've described it, I don't feel left behind, to be honest. So in episode five, Lyra's trying to figure out how to work the golden compass, and she's trying to use it to find the kidnapped kids. And it it tells her she needs to go like they're, they're kind of in the North Pole area almost. And it's like, Try to check out this little town. The Golden Compass doesn't tell you anything directly. It's very like, there's like 20 different buttons on it. And if you get on the right button and you ask the right question, it'll give you a response like a kind of pointing towards the answer, right? Right. It is a lot up to the interpreter and how talented they are at reading the altheometer slash Golden Compass 
to understand what it's trying to tell you. And it's all based on your initial question and how specific that can be and how well you can clear your mind. It's just, I think, a further description on how and what dust is how nebulous that can be but yes as you said it tells her yo go to this tiny little town and she starts posing that to all the egyptians around her like Koram, like john fa like makasta and as she tells people they're like yeah we're going towards our children who might be dead or dying so like a detour is probably not the greatest idea and she's just like oh listen i'm a girl of prophecy i mean i don't know that for sure but I'm going to probably find that out in the future. And this golden compass that I'm amazing at reading just like by myself, which is out of the ordinary, is telling me to go somewhere. So just like, trust me, I'm a tiny child. And eventually, like, nobody wants to go with her, but she goes with Yorick. The armored bear is going to take her there. If I had to draft someone Mm -hmm. to bring me to a tiny, possibly haunted city, it would be the giant polar bear. We then go back to our world right or what we assume is our world is it, is it do we know is it is it like earth 616 or what yeah i think eventually what we should describe them as is lyra's world and will's world who we're about to meet okay yeah and and we're we're with the 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 family of john perry who was also the adventurer from jordan college with the crazy name Stanislaw Grumman, who will be in season two, played by Andrew Scott. And I believe his Damon is going to be played by Phoebe Waller-Bridge, which is dope because they were both in Fleabag, another amazing show. And they're both just, you know, tip top. So Will is John Perry's son, and he's living alone with his crazy mom because his dad went off to the land of Oz. And so that's a hard thing to deal with. Crazy's a bit harsh. She's going through some shit. We don't know exactly <laughs> what her diagnosis is, but she shows up at school sometimes, is freaking out, and Will's like, no, 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 let's go. Okay, we're going home. Let's go home. So Father Boreal, who we described as the Magisterium Darth Vader, can like mm. go between the worlds, and he's trying to hunt down John Perry, and so now he's going to start, like with his private eye friend, harassing Will and his family try to give up information on john perry yeah uh his mom eventually gives him a bunch of letters that were written by his dad which talk about all the other world and all this crazy stuff it seems like mom probably knows a little bit more than she lets on in this episode maybe yeah she's being underestimated and she goes in and out of complete consciousness as well so she's not only being underestimated by the outside world she is constantly underestimating herself but as you said Will's about to be introduced to a context that is larger than life, and his mom probably knows more than she's letting on. Also, there's a weird thing going on with Will's cat, where the cat kind of seems a bit more clever than he is uh, than the normal cat, I guess. Is your hypothesis here that the cat is a daemon in disguise? I think that's what they're going for, right? I don't know. I feel like the explanation eventually is like, no, Will, your daemon was on the inside. But hell, in the TV series, it could be the key out. And so eventually, Boreal sends the private eye like into their house to steal some shit. Or I don't know, also like hurt Will. And, and you know, Will defends himself. And, and the cat, you know, it's such a Garfield moment. is like sitting in front of the banister on the second floor 
and the guy's like tripping backwards and oh he trips over the cat and i guess falls to his death yeah he's super dead (laughs) that was actually he's in chernobyl that that actor roger m's playing thomas but yeah he's gone i think he broke his neck due to cat which is you don't want to write that down in the obit it's not it's not a good luck tripped on a cat yeah been there but that's what makes you think, like, oh, did the cat do it intentionally? We don't know. Could be. I hope so. And I hope Murder the cat, cat had, like, an internal monologue of, like, <laughs> fuck you. Yeah, the cat's a psycho killer. But, yeah, so so now it's almost kind of, if Lyra's our main character in the main story, like, Will is our main character in the real world. Right. Or, Within or, this Adam and Eve allegory, Lyra's Eve and will is adam oh we should say one more important detail i think boreal like comes to the conclusion that like okay he's not in the real world and he's not in lyra's world that he must be in a third world somewhere right who stanislaw grumman yeah yeah he just comes to the conclusion that this guy is traveling he's doing something extracurricular so lyra and yorick arrive at the spooky village and they find little billy costa but he's like all wonked out and not Mm. acting normal and his daemon isn't there yes so goddamn sad very sad they take him back to his mom and his brother and you know they're not really relieved to see him because he's like in a very weakened state and his daemon's gone so like what they they tore his soul from his body i guess basically right they have a machine and they are separating daemons slash people's soul from the aforementioned people right and it's not good for you no it's not good it usually causes death and if you're not dead you're basically a zombie person and the reason for doing it is i think twofold one it provides a burst of energy that can be used for many a different thing just like powering a microwave or yeah it's like splitting an atom you know right And the secondary reason is just basic control. If you can remove someone's soul, that's perhaps even better for the magisterium than murdering them yeah so very very sad billy dies after being reunited with his family and then at the very end of the episode lyra gets kidnapped again by the gobblers god lyra just cannot stay in one place for very long right she keeps being abducted episode six is called the demon cages and so now lyra has been kidnapped by the gobblers but she gives them a fake name so they don't give her any kind of special treatment and and they throw her into like the the work camp with the other kids but though roger's there and they're reunited which is the only positive that yeah. came from being in bolvanger which is the name of the north pole magisterium it basically is a concentration camp in this world but for children and in the goddamn north pole and she names herself lizzie so she's just being treated like any other lady and not like Lord Azriel and Miss Coltier's daughter. Yeah, and the process by which they cut your 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 demon away is called intercision. Weirdly a guillotine aspect. Yeah, you go into a box, it's the it's the the the, the box from Watchmen and they lock you in with your demon. But then there's a blade in between you guys. They turn it on, something happens, and your demon disappears, right? Like, they cut it off you and it vanishes. Right. Which, again, not good for you. You're less healthy after this occurs. 
So they're about to do this to Lyra, and, you know, it's very, very tense and dramatic. You think it's going to happen, but then Miss Coltier, re- oh, shit, that's my secret daughter. Oh, Don't shit, get, get the out fuck out of there. No, fuck. <laughs> yeah, like, right. it, it turns out I care. Right. This is a totally, it's a safe experiment, but uh, don't do it on her. Exactly. As It's safe as long as I don't care about the child that I'm murdering, but they won't die in front of me, so, like, that doesn't matter as much. We get the exposition that you had mentioned in our first catch-up, which is that the church thinks it's the dust is sin, and if you don't, if your demon doesn't transition, like, fully into whatever it's supposed to be at the end, then you won't get dusty and you won't be a sinner. Right, and it is very, very difficult for a daemon to transition when they don't exist at all, and then you're dead. But to be fair, I suppose, to the Magisterium, who we're always looking for fairness when it comes to the antagonists, their vibe on the subject is, one day, we'll get this right, and the people won't die. They'll just, like, be zombies who are malleable for us. Lyra uses, like, her guiles to trap... Miss Coltier in her room because the doors have like electronic locks or whatever. She breaks the lock and then her mom's trapped in there. That moment was really great when they were just yeah. both yelling at the door like like mother like daughter moment. That was actually kind of the most that they've ever seemed like each other. Just they have this kind of blind rage inside them. And then she sneaks off to the intercision machine and, and she like I don't know oh, turns the power too high and she self destructs it or something. Yeah, she explodes it. And that's when there's like a big action sequence when all the good guys show up to fight the gobblers. Miss Kilte gets away, but uh, everybody else, like, they get beaten because the witch is there and the bears are there. Yeah, it's a bit ridiculous. The witch, as I mentioned last episode, Super Saiyan going at light speed, straight stabbing people in the neck. The polar bears, bigger than normal polar bears, they have armor, but still have, you know, teeth, claws, and they're smarter than an average bear. Oh, is that where that's from, James? I think it is. Has to be, right? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yogi, Yogi, Yogi Berra. Yeah. He steals picnic baskets. Anyway, not that kind of bear, kind of the murdery kind that I'm talking about. Yorick Bjornsson. So the day is saved, the kids are saved, except for Billy, rest in peace. Fuck, yeah, rip Bill. And so the Egyptians are going to take all the kids home, and they're like, Larry, you should come home with us. And she's like, no, I'm only halfway done with my adventure. I need to find my really cool, awesome dad so I can live happily ever after with him. (laughs) Which she says, and you as the audience, slash us as the audience in that moment, I think it's very clear. You're just like, it's just gonna go poorly so her and roger and and yorick climb into the hot air balloon with alexander hamilton and they're gonna take it to like the the north north pole to find professor x they're not gonna throw away their shot as it is but uh, as they're flying through the air they get attacked by these monsters yeah just like flying monsters general monsters that make the expositional monsters i'm gonna call them plot devices perhaps if i'll be so bold and i think i will and alexander hamilton tries to shoot a few of them but lyra then falls out of the balloon and then inexplicably lives yeah she falls like out and you know it's alexander hamilton's like the things we do for love and he pushes lyra out of the hot air balloon no he doesn't that's not nice that's misinformation. Big news. Episode seven is the fight to the death. I wonder what's going to happen in this one. Just a lot of living. Kind of fight to the death. 
Yeah, no, no. Just long lives that are unhindered by mortality. I will say, before we get into the summary of the next two episodes, Mm -hmm. I think this is the moment in time where I was like, oh, this is... The pace has picked up. Like, we were kind of meandering. And and it, it gets more fantastical as well which is fine that's that part is fine it's fantasy it's allowed to be fantastical but i got to episode seven and i was like oh i wish this was 10 episodes like the finale is next episode it feels like and i don't know this to be fact but it feels like it's an expensive show to make and they were like let's make eight and see how it goes but right here i was like gosh i wish we could marinate in this a bit longer you know season two is only gonna be seven. Oh, i know we'll talk about it i'm so i'm I'm so heartbroken <laughs> so this is the armored bear episode right yeah it's about bears she falls out of the blimp but she you know lands in the snow which i guess does not hurt her snow is pillows i don't know if y'all know <laughs> and she gets taken in by like some armored bear soldiers who take her to meet the king of the armored bears and this is is it your brother I don't think it's Yorick's... Br- I could be wrong. But either way, it's Yofer Rackinson, played by Peter Serferanowitz, which I... It's a tough last name, but he's Simon Pegg's responsible roommate from Shaun of the Dead. Oh, uh, Darth Maul. Is that Darth Maul? It is also Darth Maul, yeah. Are you sure? Uh-huh. He's only got one line in the whole series. So she plays a trick on him. He wants to know, like, what her deal is. Why is a little girl up in the North Pole all alone? And she's like, I am Yorick's demon. They made me in a lab. And then Yofer's like, well, that sucks, because, like, I want my own little girl human companion. And she's like, well, if you want, you're going to have to fight Yorick for me. And if you win, you'll have a pet human but if you lose, he gets to be king. And previously, it has been canonically presented to the audience that Panzerbjorns slash the polar bear folk are incredibly hard to deceive. It's like one of their main characteristics. They would have a very high score in D&D for deception or like lack thereof. But it is posited that because... Yopfer Rackinson, the new crowned prince slash king, I don't know, of the polar bear folk, kind of wants a daemon for himself, wants to be like a human being, is more susceptible to deception because he is strayed away from the ways of the polar bear, except for he just like hasn't, there's been no repercussions for that up until right now. So they have their trial by combat and Yorick wins. No armor. No. You'd think that the armored bears, that's their name, they'd wear armor, maybe put some swords in their mouth. I'd like to see that. Yeah, they were raw dogging it. No protection. Right, but Yorick wins, so he's now king of the bears, and he's like, I'm gonna make the bears turn good from now on. <laughs> They're gonna turn good, and they're gonna help you. Thanks, Lyra. Lyra meets back up with the main characters. Oh, no. She meets back up with Roger because Alexander Hamilton crashed his ship somewhere. Yes. And Lyra, as she meets up with Roger, she has a new name now. She is no more Lyra Belacqua or whatever. She is now Lyra Silvertongue as Yorick has renamed her. Right. She tricked a bear, which is impossible to do, although she did it quite easily. It was pretty simple. (laughs) You got tricked by a little girl, you dead idiot. So Lyra and Roger are on their way to see Asriel, her father, at his laboratory. But unbeknownst to them, Miss Coltier and Father McPhail 
and the bad guys are also going to the same location. We are setting up what is called in the action genre a murder box, which means everyone on the bad side dies or you die, and they're all going to the same place at the same time. Lord Asriel was up in his laboratory because the old king of the Panzerbjorn, who is now dead, Yopfer, said, you can go be my prisoner, but like in your laboratory. And Lord Asriel's like, oh, that's perfect. That's exactly where I want to be. So then they get to Lord Asriel's lab at the top of the mountain. And this there's a kind of a weird part where he's like, oh, no. It's Lyra, what are you doing here? This is a terrible get, timing. Get out of here. And then he's like, oh, Roger. Oh, hey, you. <laughs> Come on in, guys. Perfect. So <laughs> glad you guys could join us. And there, I, I had not spoiled the end of season one for myself. But right before they went into the laboratory, Roger turns around to Lyra and is like, hey, I just want to reiterate to you that I will never leave you. And we right. are the closest of friends. And, and I, I like, cannot oh, die. <laughs> <laughs> There's some more Will stuff. I think we already talked about what happens to Will in this episode and the last episode. But it happens in this episode. The, the bad guys come to his house and they keep, he epically cat kills one of them. Yes, and then he, just like by intuition, wanders to the park where Lord Boreal, where he uses his window to go from Lyra's world to Will's world, and he is just like, you know, jaunting over there, perhaps near the window, will he, won't he? And that's the end of episode seven. Episode eight is called Betrayal, which is like, oh no, maybe someone is going to get betrayed. We get some exposition from Lord Asriel, so like, yes, every Everything that you heard about dust so far is true it lands on you about the same time that your demon takes its final form but the whole idea of it being sin is bullshit because i'm an atheist and the magisterium is all a lie and there's no such thing as sin but the magisterium they don't understand it and so they want to stop anyone from understanding it because they might then they have power over them and lord asriel keeps mentioning vaguely that this is not the real fight like him versus the magisterium is round one of a mini roundabout and you're like okay well is he just like gonna fight someone in another world or is it a higher power and like i know the answer because i didn't ruin the end of book one for myself but I've, I've ruined everything else. I don't know. I don't know. Fantastic. Yeah, oh yeah, I know everything. And it's it's made the show weirder. That's for sure. I've read that hearing spoilers does not actually diminish your enjoyment of a thing. Yeah. I don't know. It depends. Like, there was that moment where Ned at the end of season one of Game of Thrones, which, by the way, I'm, I'm over saying spoiler alert, right? It's been too goddamn long. But when that happened, I was like, oh, shh shit like i i didn't know at all i i went into the red wedding knowing nothing right which mm -hmm. made that experience probably one of the greatest television experiences of my lifetime just to sit through and now i know most of the major characters endings in his dark materials which actually is not making the experience watching it worse but it is making the experience thinking about it worse and we'll get to that at the end so asriel explains that like oh yeah i i've developed a way in which i can create 
a window into the multiverse. But you see, it takes a lot of energy, more energy than I've got lying around here. But if I separate someone from their demon, that'll create enough energy to make the machine work. Now, Roger. Yeah. If Roger and Lyra (laughs) didn't show up, was he planning on just doing this to his friend? Right. What's his friend's name? Um, Well, you can only do it to kids, right? Or is that is that part of it? I don't know. See, like, I don't know if the energy burst is just any severing whatsoever or if it's just the kids. But yeah, like, he knew he needed this energy. Where was he going to get it from if these random babies didn't appear? Well, he has also his own golden compass, right? So it probably told him, like, a kid is on the way. Yeah, that's And that's why when he saw Lyra, he's like, shit, that's not the kid I wanted. (laughs) That one is attached to me, family-wise. So the Magisterium shows up and we get a big battle scene. Lyra, with her own golden compasses, realizes that like something's wrong and she has to go save Roger. But she can't get there because there's a big battle between the Magisterium's blimps and the bears shooting rockets at them. Mm. Watching a polar bear get shot with a bullet is troubling and I hated it. <laughs> at the end of the fight, we see like Ms. Coltier and Lord Asriel like, meet face to face again. And he's this kind of like a like join me and together we can rule the galaxy pitch, but Miss Miss Cold. It's like exactly it. that. <laughs> and but they do make out a little bit. Yeah. Well, Star Wars would have been better off if <laughs> if in that moment Luke and his father made out. So then Roger gets put inside the machine. Oh boy. And and very very sad. He gets like, you know, intercisioned. Straight murdered. And it opens the window that he wanted, but then Roger dies, and Lyra's fucking pissed and sad. And she's like, oh, it turns out both my parents are pieces of shit. Although I will say, Miss Coltier decided not to go with Lord Asriel through the multidimensional window because this is the world, she says, that my daughter is in, which... Right. That's what she said. Right. We don't know if that's 100% the only reason she stayed. Perhaps she likes this world a little bit because she is a woman within a patriarchy and she has still found her way to the relative top of the ruling body of the world. So she doesn't want to just like go somewhere new where that might just disappear. But this is all conjecture. The reason she says she's staying is because Lyra's here and she needs me. Lyra decides to pursue her father into the portal. And then in the other world, at the same time, Will is walking into his portal and they're both walking into the portals and i mean the implication is that like they'll meet in the middle i was wondering if they were gonna like knock into each other <laughs> right but that's the end of season one with a good ending I thought. yes it was a good ending i could have done with one more episode like that finale could have very easily been two episodes and again i, I just assume that The reason for eight episodes rather than ten, which, you know, most other HBO shows get ten episodes for a season, is that His Dark Materials seems like an expensive show to make. But the more troubling news that I read recently was that this was supposed to, at the beginning, it was pitched to HBO as five seasons of television. Mm -hmm. And it immediately after season one aired, or was airing, and getting okay ratings, but not great, shortened to three seasons. 
seasons and, you know, one season per book. And then the second season was eight episodes as well, but they only got around to shooting seven of them, which thankfully they were all the seven episodes that were like the linear storyline of A Subtle Knife, the second book. And the only episode that they couldn't get to because like Boris Johnson shut down England the day after they started filming the eighth episode was a standalone Lord Asriel, you know, starring James McAvoy story of, hey, what happened to him when he stepped through that portal? Because Will and Lyra's story is vastly different. So, but we're not going to get that episode. It just got axed. So we're only getting seven episodes for the second season. And James McAvoy is quoted as saying he has one day of shooting for the second season. So he's barely going to be in it, which is wholly disappointing. Yeah, it's too bad. Well, I mean, I kind of got the sense from this season that like his character is kind of just meant to jump in and out of the story anyway. But I mean, what do we think about? I mean, I guess it's all spoiled for you, but I, I get the feeling that like Asriel's a bad guy now because he killed a kid in cold blood sure i think he is generally complicated i think his heart is in the right place but at the same time it's not even heart in the right place what it is is a person who's just like well my intentions were good you know and a lot of people say my intentions were good and a lot of responses to that are like okay well you're still a dick so all in all, though, I really liked season one. I'm excited that actually watching it this way was kind of cool because now season two just comes out next week. Yeah, yeah actually, nice. you know, we're recording this on the 8th. It premiered today on the BBC. Ah, but it's not on HBO? No, it, it's going to be a week later on HBO. Okay. And you could you could just torrent it, but it would probably be in standard definition. Then it, oh, it's like, what's the point? Gross. Ew. So I loved the first season. Again, I would have liked it to take some more time to itself but i understand that there are parameters on both television and movies that audiences don't get to choose but i'll i'll say Mm. i just have this awful feeling like deep in my gut when i think about his dark materials because there is a alarm clock set for three seasons and i know it's (laughs) like i know how long it's going to be when you were on season four of game of thrones you didn't know exactly when it was going to end or why and the why ended up being a real bummer but the when was a mystery his dark materials is getting probably 14 to 16 more episodes and we Uh know that already and and you know what's gonna happen yeah but don't you don't you do this don't you spoil things for yourself all the time why do you do it um Oh, I don't have the ability to control myself. <laughs> I'm a tiny story-ruining child in a increasingly rotund body. I don't like spoilers. My wife takes a lot of delight in spoiling shit for me because she knows that I, I, I don't, you know. While I, I your wife is them. lovely. What an asshole. Yeah. Oh, you have no idea. We went to see uh, Avengers Endgame at the world, like the day, the first, like it came out in Korea first, a day before the rest of the world. So we were seeing it like right at the fucking beginning. We got seats in those really nice theaters with like the reclining, like, yep. enormous seats, yep. right? And as the credits begin, she's like, Iron Man and Black Widow die. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> You're the fucking worst. Shut up. I so <laughs> but again like I don't I don't fucking I don't hate spoilers cuz at a certain at a certain level it 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 builds dramatic irony and tension and so sometimes like at spoilers like with when I the red wedding was spoiled for me 
but actually that kind of like increased my enjoyment of season three because it's like every little thing every little hint they drop i was just like oh shit yeah so i'll say i did not purposely spoil his dark materials for myself like i didn't set out as i was googling for hey let's ruin it Mm -hmm. i was researching because we do a show that i don't know if you know this james but we're currently doing right now and i think podcasts that (laughs) come from a place of knowing goddamn nothing have their place but they're not ones i want to listen to and or make so Mm -hmm. i and we have many an itunes review that's just like they're dumb and know nothing about the shows and i'm like how dare you sir so i wanted to know enough about the show where i wasn't just being like when you asked a question or where the world asked a question i wasn't just like i don't know i wanted to know and now I do know, but I know too much. Yeah, I mean, I've had a lot of shit spoiled for me in my day. The one, the only one that really hurt. Hurts was, uh, or hurts? Yes, it hurt me at the time because I was really into the show Death Note. I was watching it as it was like coming out in Japan and then being fan subbed and placed online. And I had specifically decided like, okay, I like the show a lot. I won't start reading the manga because the show is very dramatic and I'd like to see what happens episode by episode. And I was on some other, like a YouTube channel that was completely unrelated. And in the episode before this happens in the show, guys, I'm about to drop a spoiler if you're, you know, 20 years late to Death Note. But um, I was like watching something completely unrelated on YouTube and I was going through the comments and one of the comments was like, Light's gonna kill L in the next episode of the show. And I was like, motherfucker. <laughs> like, oh no the show, the show is gonna air like the next day too <laughs> mm. yeah i got to see that, that moment without right. it being spoiled are you mad about that no it's okay you told me to watch that show but to be honest like i think that was that was the rub that like if i'm gonna be spoiled for something i'd rather happen way in advance not right before uh like with death note the thing is like when my wife spoiled endgame at the very beginning of it that was kind of the similar idea where it's like okay well the movie hasn't even started yet now i can kind of see how the tension builds in in terms of this. It feels like you're just justifying it because you're like, well, I'm next to her. Right. I I can't I can't just divorce my wife because of Avengers Endgame. But you kind of should have. <laughs> you're like, uh, you know, how dare you? The Black Widow's not yeah. the only one who's going to die today. <laughs> my wife can hear what we're discussing and she's complaining for the other room, but it's not picking up on the mic. Did she listen to our podcast? She does not. Not interested. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, his dark materials. Yeah, season two, it's next week on HBO Max. So if you're in England and you're watching it on the BBC, no spoilers, please. And you know what? I mentioned this slightly towards the beginning, and I'm not going to splice this in in the beginning. It's annoying. I'm just not going to. I'm just going to believe in all of you to say that, Mm -hmm. by the way, we do bonus content, and it's on patreon.com slash HBOboys, boys with a Z. One dollar a month, you get a bunch of extra stuff that we put up there. We did banter prior to this episode. We try to do banter before any main channel stuff, and we put it up on the Patreon. You get to hear like 10 to 15 minutes of us just talking shit prior to recording. It's basically everything prior to Howdy Dream Cowboys, and... 
my solo Hunter Hunter podcast goes up there early. And the second half of the Call to Cthulhu campaign that James so brilliantly put together will be up on the Patreon as well, because we're recording that on Wednesday, which I'm so excited to do. Right. And and it, uh, well, I just want to say, if you've made it this way to the end of the show, it's kind of a special treat for you. You get to hear Ryan's live reaction to this bit of news that I have for him. Is your wife pregnant again? No, thank God. But uh, <laughs> I've been writing up the second episode of the Talkie Boys uh uh radio hour you named it and it's going well i like where it's going however the story is kind of getting away from me and it is broken into three parts sorry holy shit wow (laughs) i don't know how to feel um good question mark yeah i think i feel good i mean so i what i think is perhaps that the (laughs) i maybe the second episode goes up on the patreon like a week First. yeah like a week yeah. before and then it goes on and then the third episode i feel like the third episode will go up on the main channel eventually too i i, I really want the whole thing up there but it will go up early anyway dollar a month patreon.com slash hbo boys with the z it's kind of gotten away from you question mark yeah yeah the the, the world in my mind just got too big Mm, been there well yeah next week guys his dark materials episode one season two episode one and then sometime uh i'm gonna i'm gonna i really like went insane editing the first talkie boys to get it done in two days i'm not gonna do that again it was uh uh, it was hard so i'm gonna (laughs) space that out a little more it'll be done when it's done folks how about this it'll be done before thanksgiving oh fuck for that's bad news for me i like listening (laughs) to it I do too, and I, I don't know how many of you guys listen to it, but you know, I shared it around to my friends. My friend Sean was like, "I fucking loved it." You want to just start a new podcast with these three people? Right. I feel that <laughs> similar way. I'm on both of them, so I feel great about it. I've just been listening to the first one over and over again, trying to pick up things to take apart your world so I can win your world. There you go. Nice. 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 I'm excited That's a good for... place to, to, to stop. No, oh, sorry. Say something else. What are you excited for? Nothing, bye. Oh, wait. I never read the fucking Patreon names. Do you want to do a James Watch My Dong joke or no? You don't have a choice. I mean, I think you've set the trend now that I don't have to do that anymore, which is a load off my mind. Yeah. <laughs> Before we go, here are our patrons. Harbo, Greg, Nicole, Dale, and Podcast, James Watch My Dong, Cliff Wilding, Hello, Underscore, Yo, Ace, Live, Unstoppable, Chris Wood, Brankin, Dale, Evan, Westworld, Craig, Barkerman, John Jurors, Major Woody, and Carol Andreas. Thank you for the money. So you're just really you're gonna put a stop to the to watch my dong jokes without a conversation even. Okay, fine. You, I fucking hate you. 